Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. The Informer Daily is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. At Joy 94.9, we'd like to pay our ongoing respects to Elders past, present and emerging. The Informer is funded in part by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. And of course, the members and donors of Joy 94.9. You can help us by visiting joy.org.au and become a member or donate. Any amount helps us bring you community-powered radio. Thank you. This is the Informer Daily for Tuesday, the 7th of April, 2020. I'm your host, Arian Potts. Today, your COVID-19 update. Thorn Harbor Health CEO Simon Ruth joins us to talk about what they're seeing in the community, how the change to telehealth is working for practitioners and clients, and the advice that they're giving to people living with HIV-AIDS. New York-based artist Glace Chase joins us to talk about their newest work, Triple X, which was shown in Brisbane last month and was to be in Sydney in the near future. Um, it's a pretty, uh, like, it's a very funny show, um, but then when the emotions come, like, when, it's also quite uh, emotionally brutal. But first, this update. This is Dee Mason with the Joy News COVID-19 update for Tuesday, April 7. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is in the intensive care unit of a London hospital after his condition worsened. The Prime Minister was diagnosed with COVID-19 10 days ago and had been admitted to hospital yesterday. Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab will take over some prime ministerial duties while Johnson recovers. The death toll in America has passed 10,000, the third highest number of reported deaths behind Italy and Spain. United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams says the coming weeks will be terrible for Americans, comparing it to Pearl Harbor and September 11. Austria has become the first European country to announce easing lockdown restrictions and others are contemplating a similar move. China, Singapore and Japan have also loosened their lockdowns. The World Health Organization is urging these countries to be cautious in how they relax their restrictions, recommending lifting things step by step to avoid a sudden wave of new infections. After today's National Cabinet meeting, it is expected the government will release its plans for residential landlords and tenants. A final decision on residential tenancies has been delayed five times, with the only known plan being a moratorium on eviction. The first Australian travellers placed into forced quarantine will be allowed to return home tomorrow, according to New South Wales Police Commissioner Mick Fuller. Around 200 Australians have served their two-week hotel isolation. Those who lived outside of New South Wales will be heading to Sydney Airport to return to their home states, though they may need to serve an additional two-week quarantine depending on where they're from. Tennis Australia is preparing contingency plans to allow the Australian Open to go ahead even if the pandemic continues into the new year. International players may need to be quarantined for two weeks and games may need to be played in empty stadiums. CEO Craig Tilley says the organisation is preparing for these possibilities. 
New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian says social distancing is the new normal for Australians until a vaccine is found. This means any plans for Christmas holiday should be scrapped. Tasmania is banning all visitors from its hospitals to limit risk to frontline healthcare workers. The only exceptions will be for a person's partner after childbirth, parents visiting dependent children and compassionate or end-of-life reasons. All primary, secondary and special schools in Victoria will move to remote learning for Term 2, with a small number of teachers returning to schools for the children who can't stay home. End-of-year exams for Year 12s will be postponed to December and the GAT test is being rescheduled from June to October or November. Victorian universities are being asked to delay the start of the 2021 academic year. You're listening to the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across Australia on the Community Radio Network. First up today, we talked to Simon Ruth from Thorn Harbour Health in Melbourne to talk about how the agency is coping with COVID-19. What are we seeing in the community with COVID-19 and the LGBTIQA plus community? Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting time. You know, our community is going through the same things as all other communities right now, which means uh, people's movements being restricted and they're being forced to stay home. There are some particular impacts on our community, though. Um, you know, a, a lot of our community works uh, in retail and hospitality and the fitness industry, and they're all industries that have been really hard hit by this. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of impact on and trauma on our community that they've gone through in the last couple of weeks. Similarly, things like elective surgery waiting lists being uh, cancelled or postponed is meant uh, particularly for a lot of um, the trans and non-binary community who were on waiting lists that their, their surgeries that possibly in some cases they've waited years for are suddenly being put off and postponed. Um, and, and a lot of our community live uh, in urban communities. Um, in small apartments and, uh, you know, it's, it's a particularly lonely time right now um, for a lot of people who are stuck in small flats, possibly on their own, uh, without yards and without balconies and, and you know, it's, it's, it's a particularly tense time. And even for people who are, you know, living with uh, partners, you know, if there's uh, the potential for family violence or relationship issues in the home, that this is also a time when that's impacted on. And we do see a lot of flare-ups in um, relationship issues when people are forced to, into confined spaces uh, for extended periods. Talking about family violence, uh, because people are in such unusual situations at the moment, is going to 1-800-RESPECT like your best first port of call? Or, or what do you suggest if someone's in that situation? Uh, um, yep, there's there's 1-800-RESPECT, or there's also the With Respect line, which uh, is a direct line through to uh, Drummond Street's Queer Space Service um, and it ourselves, or you, or you can just call Switchboard, uh, who will refer you on um to either ourselves or Drummond Street or, pro- or provide a direct service to you as well. So uh, Queer Space, Transgender Victoria Switchboard and Thorn Harbour Health are all part of a consortium, a family violence consortium where we can also provide support. So calling any one of our services uh, will get you a response. But 1-800-RESPECT um, is a, a national 24-hour line that's also available. What are some things that people with HIV need to be concerned about with COVID-19? Um, you know, we don't actually know a lot about uh, HIV. This has all happened so incredibly quickly over the last few months that there's a whole bunch of areas that they just don't have the research on right now. Um, so what the experts have told us is imagine it's like the flu and then and then treat it in the way that you would the flu mm-hmm. uh, with, with knowing if it makes people more vulnerable. And we know, we know with the flu and with the cold viruses and colds are coronaviruses, 
that the vast majority of people living with HIV, they're successfully on treatment, they're undetectable, uh, and they've had no major issues uh, with their HIV, that their immune systems are strong and healthy, and they're at no greater risk than anybody else. Mm. There is a small part of our community, though, um, who were often infected in the 80s and 90s and they've had HIV for a much longer period uh, who may not be able to achieve undetectable viral load, uh, may have had uh, various impacts on their immune system and uh, possibly also got other conditions related to that uh, and they are going to be at heightened risk of uh, contracting the virus and the impact on them is potentially going to be stronger. Um, so, so we would say, and they're often the older members in our community, so and we know that this virus is one that targets um, older parts of the community as well. Um, so we would ask that part of the community who generally know, uh, you know, that they're at high risk of these sorts of conditions uh, to take extra precautions around social distancing and protecting themselves. Um, as far as medication supply goes too, we've been in touch with all the major, or not all the major, all the drug suppliers around HIV and they've mm -hmm. all said that there are no supply issues in the next six to 12 months. Um, there's been a couple of hiccups at particular pharmacies around the amount of drug that they had in their pharmacy on the day, but there are, there are no supply issues in the country. That's great to hear. There are also some concerns around that while COVID-19 isn't explicitly sexually transmitted, it can be transmitted through the course of sexual contact. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, so uh, right now, if you're in Victoria or South Australia, you will be getting messaging from us um, around casual sex. And uh, particularly if you turn on Scruff or Grinder or Squirt or the other apps, and I think we've got ads on Joy and we've got ads in Star Observer, um, and various other social media around casual sex. So this is a disease that is spread through intimate contact, through uh, physical contact, and there is no more intimate contact than sex. Um, so sex is particularly well designed to spread this, just as it is the flu and cold viruses. Um, and, and given what the entire society is trying to achieve by um, flattening the curve, we would ask the community for the next few months to try and avoid having casual sex. Um, that is going to be one way that the virus spreads easily. Um, all of the sex on premises venues are closed currently for, for that reason. Um, a, a lot of the apps uh, have closed functionality on them that uh, encourages um, casual sex. Uh, you know, if you're going to continue to have sex, there's possibly some ways to minimise your risk, and you can see those on our website. But um, we would be encouraging people to just try and avoid casual sex right now um, for the next couple of months until we get through this. Uh, uh, some people are suggesting partner up, you know, either have sex with the person that you're sharing a house with or, um, you know, just limit to your, your regular partner or partners. Um, but, but part of the issue there is that... Uh, Every partner you have, you've also got to deal with the fact of what, who are they in contact with during their day. Um, so you, you need to be communicating, you need to be talking about your risk, you need to be talking about your, your lifestyle and, and where else uh, the virus you might be contract picking it up or, or transmitting it. Um, particularly that a lot of people don't uh, become symptomatic. Um, that's another issue. If you are sick, you shouldn't be having any sex at all or if you've got symptoms. But there are a lot of people who won't show any symptoms and not realise that they have the virus and that they're passing the virus on. Um, so it's an, it's an odd time for us to be asking people not to have casual sex, but we'd say for the next couple of months, uh, if you can avoid that, that would be great. And if you also, if you go to the thornharbour.org website, um, we have a number of suggestions of other ways to enjoy sex on the website mm. uh, that, that doesn't involve um, casual sex. One of the most public parts of Thorn Harbour's uh, community organizations or community work is the Centre Clinic. 
Um, how is uh, their normal work being performed at the moment? So the Centre Clinic and um, at Trans Health Service Equinox um, are both largely moved on, online and on telehealth. Uh, so we'd ask people to, yeah, they're both still open, they're both still running, please ring up and make an appointment if we can provide you with a service without you having to come into the centre, we will. Um, there are some areas where you still need to come in if you're looking for a flu shot or mm -hmm. if you're looking for a hormone injection, um, you, will, you still will need to come in and, and we will um, ensure that they're available to you. Uh, but a lot, a lot of what we provide is currently moved on to telehealth and, and the federal government has opened up a whole bunch of uh, Medicare items whereby um, we can do that work more easily, mm -hmm. which we're incredibly thankful for. So we, we do want to minimise the risk that people put themselves in to get to our services. Um, if at all possible, we will bring a service to you or we will deliver a service um, either online or by telephone or, or through the internet. Um, so our, our clinics particularly, we've moved everything we can across to telehealth. Um, but they're, they're all still open, so, so please get in touch if you need a service. What are you finding from, what have you heard from patients or the, the practitioners about moving to telehealth? Uh, in the medical clinics, it, it's going fine. I, I think, you know, people are grateful that they don't need to catch public transport in, they don't need to, to come in uh, to the clinics. Um, some of the counselling areas are a bit more challenging. Um, you know, many of us are moving to Zoom and Skype in different ways of conducting meetings. You don't pick up on the same level of body language. You, you need to be much more focused in the session. Um, there are also privacy issues. If, mm -hmm. if you don't have a private space in your house where you can uh, undertake the session. Um, so there's a whole bunch of challenges and I think the entire community are learning together very quickly um, and, and we're constantly talking to our uh, counsellors and our doctors and, and others about how we can improve this and making changes almost on a daily basis um, to what we're offering. We also, at the moment, we've cancelled all of our group programs but we hope to have some of those up and running, uh, particularly the more educational groups um, where it's easier to conduct those via telehealth and via Zoom and Skype and whatnot. Do you have any suggestions for people that are feeling a little bit stir-crazy at home and maybe their mental health is being really stressed at the moment? Yep, again, if you want to go to our website, there's there's tips on there and, and I know that ACON and the Health Alliance and mm -hmm. FAO and Queer Space and everybody and Switchboard, everybody's got great tips out there right now. Um, but, you know, I'd say uh, keep in touch with uh, family and friends. Um, do make the effort to call people. Um, it's as good for them as it is for you to, to be in touch. Don't be afraid to to go for walks and to exercise, you know, as long as you're social distancing, uh, that should be okay. Uh, make sure you wash your hands when you're leaving in and out of the house to protect yourself, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and try and keep as, as healthy as possible and try and keep routines in your day as well. Um, it's very easy for the entire day to blur and I, I know I've got friends myself who said they're, they're working much longer days because when they get up in the morning, since they're working from home, they turn the computer on and they work into the evening. So it's good to have routines where you start and break your work days if you're working from home. Yep. And if you're not working, try and find other things to um, to, to take up your time. Um, is there anything you'd like to add? Oh, and I guess the only other thing I should say, you know, a lot of our venues, our venues are doing it hard at the moment. Um, and a lot of them have uh, things online at the moment. And uh, I'd encourage people to, whoever your local venue is, look them up online and see, see if they're offering anything. I know that um, the Laird and the 86 and the Geelong Piano Bar and and many of the venues are offering different, and the Emerson and many of the venues are offering different things online right now. So um, partake in those and use them as a way to keep in touch with the community. 
Oh, that's great. Well, Simon, thanks so much for your time this morning or this afternoon. I appreciate Cheers, it. Cheers, Aaron. Have a good Thank one. You. That was Thorn Harbor Health CEO Simon Ruth speaking with me earlier today. Simon mentioned a few different organizations for people needing assistance. Uh, 1-800-RESPECT is a national hotline for people experiencing sexual abuse, family violence, or domestic violence. There's a website for 1-800-RESPECT. It's 1-800-RESPECT.org.au. There's also Safe Steps, which has a LGBTIQA plus service, and they're on 1-800-015-188. Other services available are QLife, which is geared toward the LGBTIQA plus community. They're available from 3 p.m. Eastern Time to midnight Eastern Time every day. They're on 1-800-184-527. Their website is qlife.org.au. There's Lifeline 13 11 14 and lifeline.org.au. Beyond Blue, they're on 1300-224-636 or beyondblue.org. There's the Suicide Callback Service, which is 1300-659-467, and their website is suicidecallbackservice.org.au, and Thorn Harbor Health's website is thornharbor.org. That's T-H-O-R-N-E-H-A-R-B-O-U-R.org. And these organizations are listed on our website, which is joy.org.au slash support. This is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Before we moved into lockdown, I had the opportunity to speak with the brilliant Glace Chase, a New York-based artist, about their new show, Triple X, which was having its world premiere at Queensland Theatre. Sadly, the production has been cancelled, but I really liked my conversation with Glace, and I think we covered some interesting ground. I'm Glace Chase. I'm the writer and uh, the uh, romantic lead in my play Triple X, which is at uh, Queensland Theatre and Sydney Theatre Company. So tell me about your show. Well, in a nutshell, it is about a straight Wall Street banker who has an affair with a trans performer and his family finding out the day before he gets married. <laughs> Nothing like the last minute, eh? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, exactly. <laughs> And all that uh, joyful uh, pre-wedding jitters, and the family finds out a little bit of a bombshell they were not expecting about their beloved son. Yeah. Um, Where did you get the idea? Uh, Well, I'd like to say that it was my genius creativity, but actually it's just my life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, as someone that works in nightlife in uh, New York and has for uh, many years, and I work in the financial district a lot as well, I... uh, I've had a few of these kind of liaisons, and then one in particular kind of uh, 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 changed, I guess, my understanding of myself and my life. And and it felt like it was a really important story to tell that we'd not actually heard before. And is this your first play? Uh, look, you know, many years ago, I kind of moonlit as a writer. I had a bit of a career happening, and then I ditched it all Um uh, to become a drag queen at that point. Um, so no, it's not my first play, but, um, but it might be my last because I hate writing, uh, <laughs> more than anything known to God. So. <laughs> but I thought if I was going to like finish up, let's go out with a bang. <gasps> what kind of other performing do you do? What's your specialty? Well, I guess you call me a host. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of the way I make my living. 
um, like, I'd, I guess I'd say I'm a comic, um, but I, you know, I host a lot of different kind of nights around New York. I do bingos and karaoke's and comedy nights and uh, uh, improvisation. Um, I used to run, I, I set up and ran the world's first drag queen tour guide business. Uh, which was a little bit of a hit for a while before I got bored of it and uh, 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 and and threw it in. Basically, I try and do a little bit of everything. But uh, mm. and I'm a live singer too. I, uh, lip syncing is a talent I do not possess, and I know and I am always very impressed by people that can do it well because I find it extraordinarily difficult. <laughs> yeah, because if you get in your head. You know, well, well, yeah, and and someone as someone that you know, I have the gift of the gab, and um, uh, not being able to vocalize just stresses me the hell out performance wise. So mm. lip syncing, of course, you're not vocalizing, and I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> <laughs> but it's good because people tend to prefer live singers anyway, and that's what I do. So, what genres do you like to sing? Um, I guess kind of um. Soul is always a little bit of a go-to. Soul and rock. Um, I'm not like, you know, the most brilliant singer known to God, but anything with a bit of a soul, like with a big heart connection, tends to suit me really well. Joe Cocker's Unchained My Heart, which is actually a song from my father's funeral. Just, I discovered that I can sing the shit out of that. Who knew? So, um, is the show going ahead? It is. <laughs> Uh, so I hope, but no, at this stage it is. In, we're in Queensland right now, and, um, and of course we're fully sanitizing the theater, and there's been a lot of extra safety protocols. And, um, and, but yeah, it is happening. Thank God, because I would be absolutely devastated if it didn't. Sure. Um, yeah, it would, it's been three years of my life, and I think it's a really important story to... Um, but of course, I understand. Like this is just—it's terrible what is happening. But we're under—we're you know well under 500 uh, people. Uh, uh, it's a 350 seat venue, and um, we're doing a lot of safety. Everything's being fully sanitized. Um, uh, yeah, so we are going ahead. But of course, if you feel sick, don't uh, stay at home. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Opening night was on Saturday. Is that correct? Yeah, it was our first preview, actually. So opening okay. is on Thursday, so we're just previewing, which means that um, we're kind of just running the show in and making adjustments and feeling it out in front of the, an audience for the first time. But yeah, the first time it got in front of an audience was on Saturday night. That was a world premiere, was it? It is, yeah. Oh. World premiere. How did you feel? Tired, emotional, <laughs> um, uh, numb. <laughs> It's amazing you can be both very emotional and numb at the same time, but uh, that's kind of what I was uh, uh, feeling. Um, it's a pretty, uh, like, it's a very funny show, um, but then when the emotions come, like, when it's also quite uh, emotionally brutal. I don't think you can kind of tell a trans love story without having, you know, there's a lot of trauma and stuff there, and so to kind of hear some of these ideas, I think, expressed probably for this kind of audience for the first time that would never have really, um, really encountered it. I, I find it's, it's definitely, um, it's, it's a little tough. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can relate. I identify as a um, gay man, queer, whatever. Um, and quite a lot of gay art, literature, films, etc. deals with things like the HIV AIDS crisis. And those stories mm -hmm. are... 
they're really tough. Sometimes yeah. it's, it's hard to engage with the material because, you know, I always think in the back of my head, who dies at the end, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering totally. um, how you support your audience when you talk about these really difficult topics. I, I think that's an interesting question. And um, uh, I, I don't, in this particular project, in this project, which of course is based on my life, I'm not sure if I'm here to support you. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make you feel it. Okay. And, and, and that to me is, I'm, I'm not here to hold your hand. No one's held my hand. Why the hell should I hold yours? Mm. Um, uh, maybe that sounds brutal, but then again, so has been the reality of my life. And, yeah. and certainly, um, this play, I think, will be seen by a lot more of a, a, a wider audience, not just for trans people mm-hmm. at all, but for um, people that I think have never actually encountered the topic um, of, of what it's like to be in a romantic relationship with a trans woman, particularly if you're a um, self-identified straight man. Um, and so I, I'm not really interested in necessarily letting anyone off the hook. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I, what I want you to do is to feel the love and then maybe see why things fuck it up. Yeah. And give people time to reflect and see something that they probably don't see every day in their life. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Because I would say too, with trans stuff, like, I mean, it's partly like there's, uh, it's interesting doing some media and whatnot and, e- and feeling the audience and even the production. Everybody just wants to side with my character, like just 150%. But I kind of say that's really easy. Like, it's easy to love me in the sense, like, I'm marginalized, I'm funny, it's kind of cute. It's much harder, I think, to feel any degree of empathy um, for, you know, the straight guy. Um, But in actual fact, any relationship is between two people, and you kind of need to let go from both sides. Otherwise, you're just, essentially, you're just kind of objectifying me. Um, and putting me on a pedestal that I can't live up to and just kind of making me unobtainable. Mm. Um, whereas an actual relationship, of course, is between two people, and those two people share, you know, equal signs of that relationship, and so they need to be kind of seen um, uh, in conjunction with each other. Do you find that objectification is something that comes up a lot in the um, trans community? Yes. I, keeping in mind, I, I'm always very loathed to speak for the community. I'm not that person. Well, maybe from your experience or what you know from your friends. Yeah, of course, absolutely. And certainly, you know, as someone that has a a sex life and a romantic (laughs) life, yeah, absolutely. Objectification is is there. And then then on a professional level, I think when you're, um, uh, you know, doing a lot of performing work and people can kind of make... Uh, not not bad assumptions, but just mm-hmm. you know that you're you're kind of there as the professional color and movement. Not that I would describe myself as a drag queen at all um, anymore, but still you're kind of there as you know a social lubricant, and um, and that can sort of take away, I, I think, a bit of the complexity of of your lived experience for sure. But maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Do we really want to be like everyone else? I struggle with that. <laughs> Mm, yeah, definitely. It, sometimes it just takes too much energy to be like everyone else. Mm. Well, totally. And I mean, yeah, we're all like, didn't we become colorful people because we secretly kind of wanted to be a little bit different? I don't know. Mm. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Glace Chase, artist, performer, writer, talking about Triple X, a Queensland theater, Sydney theater company co-production, which was sadly canceled. While venues are closed, there are a number of performances continuing online of different shows. On Thursday, Frock Hudson is joining us for a bumper Easter weekend entertainment update. That's it for us today. Thanks to Nicholas Kamenier-Sandry, Dee Mason, Emily Johnson, and Judy Kelly for their help today. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm your host, Arian Potts. Mahalo. The Informer is funded in part by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. And of course, the members and donors of Joy 94.9. You can help us by visiting joy.org.au and become a member or donate. Any amount helps us bring you community-powered radio. Thank you. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.